Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, registered dietitian, nutritionist, board-certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. This is where we help you find the energy, confidence, and clarity to make your next chapter your best chapter so you can have more fun, more joy, more balance in your life. And that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about how to thrive at midlife and how to balance, harmonize, and heal your life because you were designed to thrive and live in harmony with the laws of nature and divine beauty. However, midlife can throw you off balance, leaving you frazzled rather than thriving and stressed rather than harmonious. And today's show is going to help you not only heal your midlife imbalances and thrive, but also take yourself to a whole new level of evolution. I am talking with world-renowned energy healer, Fran Bailey. She is creator of the Shiva Method, and Fran works with the body, mind, heart, soul, and chakra system to get you back on track, and she's going to share how you can fully participate as a co-creator of your world in delight with increased health, prosperity, and unconditional love. And who doesn't want that? I have personally worked with Fran, and she is absolutely amazing. She is beautiful. She has incredible intuitive gifts and healing gifts. So you're going to want to stay tuned, maybe grab a cup of tea, um, some paper, because you're going to learn a lot about how to heal yourself. Um, so get ready to rock your midlife and enrich your life beyond measure. And if you are enjoying the show, please leave me a review. I would love to hear what you think about the show. If you want to reach out to me, you can always go to themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. I have a free gift for you there. It's 10 tips on how to rock your midlife. So I have been thinking about Fran and listening to some of her amazing meditations and also thinking about healing for myself. If you have been following me, I think I have... Oh my goodness, I have one more breast cancer treatment and I am done. And so that has been an incredible healing journey for me, not just with my body. I did change some lifestyle things, but a lot with my mind, my spirit, um, just being happy with where I am in my life and also deep sixing my self-critic, my workaholic and my um, uh, just, yeah, those things that really keep me stuck. I realized, my goodness, I have su had, had such a fierce workaholic that was constantly pushing me forward. Oh, the other, the third try, the third piece to that is the uh, perfectionist, right? So self-critic, workaholic, perfectionist, and I realized that was really what I needed to deep six, not just to heal my body, but to heal my life. And I think midlife is kind of the time where we. We do some deep healing if we want to transform. I may think about the amazing Louise Hay, who kind of woke up at midlife and wrote, you know, you can heal your life, which is a classic. It was sort of the, one of the first books that really took a look at all you can do, particularly with your thoughts and affirmations and how that heals your body. And I've been, um, I just finished listening to uh, uh, Paula Postakova. I hope I didn't butcher her last name. She, the, the supermodel. Her book, which is called No Filter, and talking about the healing that she has undergone since her husband, Rick Ocasek, of the cars died. And then I've also been listening to Viola Davis is like 
Oh my goodness, both books are amazing. But Viola Davis, I had no idea, the famous actress, that she grew up in the worst impoverished situation you can even imagine and a lot of abuse. And I've been thinking about like, what are the top three things that we as women at midlife need and want to do in order to heal? Because if you don't heal your wounds, whether that's physical healing, psychological, spiritual, that stuff's just going to keep coming up. And so often it's these things that are wounds from when we were six, seven, eight years old that are driving the show. I know for me, I've been healing a lot of this um, disappointment, you know, that I'm not as good as I should be. And that goes back to being a little girl and perhaps not getting the parental attention that I really wanted. I have a Leo rising, so I like a lot of attention. I like to be on stages and then thinking, gosh, is this wounded part of me running the show and she brings up Viola Davis brings up this point Will Smith asked her like who is who are you and she's like oh my god I'm like that young girl who's been so damaged that I'm trying to like cover that up and move from that space and I think there's so much that happens when we become aware of where we are wounded and we discover methods like a friend is going to talk about, we discover that right method that is going to heal us, whether that's healing our body with diet, with exercise, our minds, with meditation, seeing a healer, getting our system in balance. There's so much to do at midlife and it's such an important time to do it. So the three things I wanted to briefly touch before we bring on friend, because I know she's going to have amazing wisdom to share. The first thing is forgiveness. You have got to forgive the people who hurt you. That doesn't mean that you're like, I'm okay with what they did but you have to forgive. So, you know, for example, if you've been through a divorce or you're mad at your parents, your siblings, your friends, it's important to forgive them for yourself. It doesn't mean that you're okay again with what they did, but it means that I'm not going to hold on to this deep anger, resentment, all of this negativity, because, you know, as the Buddha said, um, holding on to anger is like throwing a coal and expecting not to be burned or drinking poison and expecting, I mean, sorry, uh, yeah, drinking poison and expecting that, you know, for the other person to be poisoned. So we're the ones who get hurt when we don't forgive. So you've got to forgive. And that includes forgiving yourself. We absolutely have to forgive ourselves. And I think that's a really hard thing to do to say we are imperfect beings. It's this common humanity piece where everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes. It's normal. And, you know, your soul knows you're going to learn through that. So if you forgive yourself, you learn from your mistakes, you're growing, you're changing. So forgiveness is number one. Number two is acceptance. You've got to accept, okay, this is where I am. Like with me with breast cancer, it was like, I couldn't ignore this tumor. I had to deal with it. You have to accept and deal with whatever is needing to be healed in you. Maybe seeing a healer, seeing a coach, doing some journaling, but accepting what is, knowing what, what I can change, what I can't change, and knowing the difference. That's that serenity prayer, which is so important. And number three is self-compassion. Self-compassion is this compress that we, you know, put on where it hurts. And it really entails being kind to yourself rather than judgmental. It means, again, this common humanity, knowing that we are imperfect beings. When things go wrong, that's normal. And then the last piece is mindfulness. So instead of, I think what a lot of us do is when the hurt comes up, when we haven't healed, instead of like dealing with the hurt, journaling about it, talking about it, throwing a light on it, we try to ignore it. We like throw it in a closet and we engage in dysfunctional behavior. So I work with a lot of people with emotional eating. It's like, I don't want to deal with this. So I will go have, you know, a cookie or I'm going to go shopping or, you know, I am going to, you know, uh, gamble or spend money or whatever it is. 
we get into these addictive behaviors instead of saying, what do I need right now? And that's a mindfulness piece of being aware that I am hurting. And it, you know, it doesn't need to be this horrific thing. I think that's another thing we think, like I see Viola Davis and I think, oh my goodness, you know, I am a white woman of privilege. I have did not have a hard upbringing, but I have a lot of wounds that need to be healed that I'm working on all the time. So if you're listening, it's okay. Whatever you're, you are dealing with, you matter and it's important. And so all of us are on our own journey. So uh, get ready to learn more about healing from a master healer. She is Fran Bailey. She has extensive training in dance combined with energy healing. And that's evolved into a simple method of evolving the mind, body, heart, and soul, which I love the simplicity of the work that she's doing. And she's so, I hope you're, you're watching her because she is beautiful. She has this incredible background in dance and movement. Since 2002, Fran has channeled her passion into the Shiva method, which stands for seeking harmony in energy, voice, and action. This process resets your system to restore with practical techniques to live more consciously through energetic awareness. She is thrilled to share this work used in years of client consultations in Emergence, which is her book, to offer clarity, distinction, and balance. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, friend. Thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Wonderful. I was listening to you. You speak very fast. <laughs> oh, I do, but it's enthusiastic. It's very enthusiastic and very clear. So it's nice. Yeah, it is. It is enthusiastic. You're welcome. But I think yeah. it is. This is such an important topic that I think a lot of midlife women need to hear because I think midlife, we're kind of going on and going on. Then all of a sudden we get hit by like menopause and maybe grief and issues with all of these issues come up. We're kind of going about our life. And of course, right. we've got that um, Chiron transit that happens around 50, which Chiron's the wounded healer, where I think things really start to come up that we need to heal. But before you kind of get into how to heal, tell us a little bit about your journey, because you didn't just, you didn't uh, know yeah. you wanted to be a healer at an early age. You were a dancer. Yeah, I was a day. I grew up with, um, you know, um, lots of music and dance. My father was a musician and my mom danced and we always had music and theater. Vaudeville was in my background. So, um, and then I grew up in a metaphysical home too, where we believed in mind never matter and not a lot of medicine. And, um, you know, I just I remember as a child sort of seeing things, you know, and knowing things as a child. And then um, I think, you know, my guides or my spiritual process I sort of hit me at 12 and you know uh 19 and 30 and so I had a near-death experience at 12. Wow and I really went through you know saw the light and went up the channel and they said you're not ready yet but I it, so I understood the absence of time so when you go to that place there is no time it goes so fast that you just you see the people there and you're going to go towards another dimension so experiencing that dimension sort of changed my life. And I went back into my body and kind of a shock. And, and I remember crying that I was alive, but at the same time, I knew something happened spiritually. I knew there was a, like a shift and it was like, wow, pretty overwhelming. And, but at the same time, it felt right, but I didn't know it in my subconscious. So then I went into, um, um, you know, dance and finding out about energy and reading energy and reading music, and understanding that energy can move and shift and change. And the power of that is unbelievable how you express yourself through the body. 
so I fell in love with dance, became a dance major and company and all that stuff. And, and then um, I was teaching at the um, Montessori school, children for 12 years. And one of the parents, I had the parents always dance with the kids because I wanted them to experience it. Right. And then, so there was a doctor there, Dr. M. Oils, and he said, Franny, he's from South Africa. I said, what? And he said, you see energy. And I went, really? <laughs> so he said, I want you to start training with my trainer out of California. And I said, okay. So the minute I started doing that, it's like, oh, I've done this before. I've done this before. I've done this before. So that opened up a whole new world for me. So um, that training combined with energy work and then movement and then spiritual, intense uh, spiritual work with Gloria and John, who are out of Boston. And anyway, that just increased my ability to see, feel, hear, know that the psychic ability that I had was beginning to wake up. And so um, in 2002, I started the Shiva method. And then and they channeled that to me in this house, that word, I went, okay, I'm going with you. <laughs> and, um, you know, now it's obviously evolved. And so I did body work, designed a whole body work about acupuncture, finished that up through COVID, which is about... 25 minutes where you're actually running energy on yourself through the chakra system um, and opening up the body, then meditation goes with it. So it's sort of this combination of, okay, the body doesn't, if the body's blocking, then the mind isn't, the mind is, or whatever, the vice versa. Somehow it's going to come out and it's going to come out through the body or the mind's going to understand there's the resistance. So the physicality of that, that's why it's so important, is to notice what is actually happening with the body. So this awareness is helps you understand your trigger points, trigger points, you know, physically, but also what's what's triggering you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's unique, and we're different in different life, you know, different stages. But the fifties are like everything comes out, everything. Right. And okay, we're going to pick and choose. Okay, we're going to pick this and pick that. I got to go through that too. Oh, God. So I think that there's this um, definite body doesn't lie. So you, this connection is very, very important to me. And if I'm not meditating, then I'm on the floor rolling on a mat with a roller doing acupressure points. Then I find the, the um, vulnerability, but also the knowledge of what's happening with me emotionally spiritually and um psychologically so speaking of psychology i um read through a bout of cancer and started healing myself through rosalind um learned how to kill the cancer cells and believe so i'm the guinea pig i'm doing the work on myself in order for this to see if this process works energetically it did emotionally spiritually it did so that was the catapult to get that going but then when you're a healer as you know there's a certain amount of vulnerability but there's also boundaries that we may not know about and that in the work 
That's why I studied the Enneagram, which is the study of personalities, which is extremely important to know what type you are, play with it, and understand your your um, fixations or your vulnerability. Talk a little bit more about how you healed your cancer. And also, I'd love to know how you had the courage, because I combined both conventional and complementary. I didn't have the courage to just not do any of it. I come from a kind of a very strong scientific pharmaceutical background. So there was pressure there and I kind of did both, but tell us a little bit about how you cured yourself and also how you had the courage to just say, you know what, I'm going to cure myself and I'm not going to do the conventional therapies. Yeah. So I, my father died in 1994 and a year later I was diagnosed. He had prostate and a year later, I was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer. And um, I went, oh, well, that is a wake up call. And, you know, I had three small children, husband, new job, we moved. So, so level of stress, what brings it on? What, and so the process, I was, so two doctors said, okay, you need to cut everything out. And by the way, you should get a lift because you had twins two male doctors. I went, wow. Uh, Don't think so. So I went and saw a female doctor. She says, you don't have to get anything out. We are going to work with this. You have to come see me every three months, you know, go through some, some medical things, but you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this and we'll, we'll work with you. And so I said, fine. By the time I got into my um, second year, I guess it was, Rosalind was beginning to, I was really working heavily with her. And um, she has a system of actually killing the cancer cell. And I took that and started using it on myself. Didn't tell anybody. But I would go into that area and start closing my eyes, going to meditation and find the cell and start saying, you know, filling it with love. Filling it with love. And releasing the uh, negativity of judgment because when you have cancer you're judged and i felt that we all have cancer <laughs> i don't care who you are we all carry the cells and it may affect you know others more but there is this i didn't fear it and i went and i said you know i'm whole i am female i'm sexual i'm okay with that and i'm going to stay with that i'm going to believe that i'm a creativity this is creative and sexuality and first chakra and i'm safe and so all those things are came into play and each day i would work on that actually energetically we work in this area and forgive mm. forgive yeah. is the biggie Yeah, it is really important. I love one thing that you said that I really resonated with because it was part of my journey is not feeling sick, right? Feeling like I'm a well-being, I'm a vibrant being, I'm a sexual being, I'm a creative being and not being like, I'm a cancer being. I was really, I took my whole journey as that, you know, 99% of my body's working great and just have this dime-sized thing that's gone a little awry. And we all have cancer cells all the time. Right. And so, like, as you said, we all have various cancers. What is, do you think about midlife? You had sort of alluded to midlife as a time when these triggers, these things come up. What do you think it is about this sort of period between sort of 40, 60, 65 that 
we're really called to heal ourselves. And if we don't, you know, we're going down a path that, you know, we can choose to heal. It's a fork in the road, like a right. midlife where I feel like you're like, okay, I need to change some things and do some healing or else right. I'm going to keep going in this direction. What is it about midlife in your opinion that no, makes I think there, I think to heal? there are two things. One, of course, is stress of losing parents, children you're raising, et cetera, et cetera. There is that pressure. But as you reach into your fifties, which is the next thing that I, you know, when my children were grown, they left and I needed to look at my own personality, like, okay, I'm starting to freak out. And, you know, those emotional ties, they're le they left me and I'm like, my just, you know, like this. So that's when I said, you know, you're going to have to go on. And that's when the Enneagram came in 2014. That's when I said, okay, we're going to do a little more digging and figure out what's going on with you and what is triggering you. So I think in the fifties, it's that question, what is triggering you? Whether it's in, whether it's loss, loss is loss, right? So, you know, then there's that disappointment. So there's loss and disappointment, which are very much connected. I think, you know, where there, and there's not the forgiveness. And then there, there's that disappointment, which hits the third chakra, which moves up to the heart. And then my God, it's broken. So there's that energy right underneath the heart, which is right, gets stuck. That's where we hold a lot of stuff right below the diaphragm. So, um, I studied the Enneagram, of course, there's the body type, the heart type, and the mind type. And um, I'm a heart type, of course. <laughs> I'm a giver, helper. And so I learned my boundaries, learned my loopholes, became uh, much more conscious of, of myself and how I would not, how if I impose, people are going to leave if I sit back and ground and be present. They're going to come to me, not, I'm not going to go after them. There is that fine line where you, you got to know the difference. So the boundary is grounding. And that's what all this work is about. It's all about grounding, being present, being conscious of your energy around you, being conscious of how you are expressing yourself, how you're imposing on someone, how you are, um, the shoulds, the have tos and the oughts you're imposing on yourself. That's a disappointment if it's not perfect. So right. And I think that's midlife too. We get to this place too, in terms of the disappointment where we start to realize that there is less time in front of me and all of those things we thought we wanted, we would be able to do. We have to sort of let some of those things go and say, I may never be able to do X, Y, and Z. And so as, like, as you were saying, so what does this mean? I want to do with the precious time that I have left. And it's interesting what you said about that, that chakra, that empowerment chakra of when we are in that disappointment energy and we're not grounded, we're really not, uh, we're, I, we, I think we would, we get in a lot of overwhelm. We're not oh, connected with our heart energy. And also in terms of, we're also not connected with the feminine of receiving because we're trying so hard to make things happen. And there's so many things on our plate, so many balls in the air that we don't connect with what is truly there for us to receive. Right. So the point of, of, of clearing, and it's like this, I use this, this uh, metaphor of like spaghetti, you know, it's like these ropes of stuff that need to leave because it's not working anymore. I mean, it is nasty. You pull that stuff out, 
you clear all your chakras, you go to the second chakra, that creative center. And then you go to the sixth for the higher creative center. And then you go beyond and you say, oh, I'm grounded, but I'm free. And so that place of creativity inspires the second chakra to create again through the body, not like just right here. I'm going to do it just right here. And that's it. Mm -mm. You have to use everything. So the flow of the chakra system, it's all about the flow. And that's why I work in the chakra system because it's movement. And their, their movement, if you move through each one, you've got your survival, you have your creativity, you have your empowerment, you have your heart, you have your response, you have your intu intuition, clairvoyance, and you have source. And if for people who are listening and you're not sure what chakras are, they are energy vortexes, discs that are spinning. You can't see them. It's not like your doctor can go in there and find them, but they are various energy vortexes that we all have. And what Fran is talking about is that they, they can stop spinning. They can get blocked. And when that happens, then things can manifest more on the physical plane or the mental plane. So it's important and something that you can do. And I know that you have on your website, just let listeners know for people who are interested in your work, it's the, is it the Shiva method.com? What's your no, website? It's Fran Bailey healer. Oh, Fran Bailey. Okay. Fran Bailey healer.com. That'll be in the show notes, but check it out. Cause Fran has a lot of great meditations where you can really start doing it. It's simple. I've have done some of her meditations really only in what 30, 45 minutes, a couple times a week will really make a difference. You should try to do it every single day. I know I try to really tune into each of the chakras mm -hmm. and clear them every day. What do you recommend people do if they're kind of new to this work and they well, want to start doing this kind of clearing? Well, I would do the, the two things. One, the, the book, my book, Emergence, is, um, is like a foundation of the work. Um, and it teaches you how, what each chakra is, what the meaning of it, the purpose of it. Um, I, that's really, if you need to go back to it, it's like a book that you open in the middle of the night or whatever by your bedside and say, what do I need to know? What page? Let's go. You know, um, or... There's a free download meditation at the bottom of my homepage that you can, and then there's an explanation of, of the chakras as well. So that's just, you can download that for free. Um, I would say, you know, it's, it's just learning the basics and being disciplined enough to be inquiring of yourself. Self-inquiry is probably the most important thing I could I can share because that's how you know yourself. It's all within, it's all how you um, communicate with yourself and you know yourself the best. You really do. And, you know, we all have this second mind or this chatter that we have that, you know, tells us right from wrong or, or should or ought or, and sometimes if we just, let all the all that go and come into the sixth it it doesn't matter you'll find what you need you just have to have faith in that in those higher realms but at the same time why i love this uh meditation is that you're grounded so you don't go out of the body you go out of the body but you're conscious you're tracking what you are experiencing and it is about experiencing and if you want to make the shift it's about the experience 
And it's easy to do too. It's like, you don't need Very, any special skills no, to do. And it really, no. and it, as you said, you have to connect with yourself. We really are our own best healers. I've been kind of thinking about a better word than calling ourselves healers because the the person we're working with is really doing, their body's doing the healing and we're sort of facilitating that. But each of us does have the ability to heal ourselves and starting with that chakra system um, is a great way to do that. So let's talk a little bit more about the Enneagram. What exactly is the Enneagram? Interesting. Uh, so the Enneagram um, started in, her name, his name is Gurchief, he's Russian. And I was in the 19, early 1900s and he, this is so interesting. He studied different cultures all over the world and their movement, how they would respond, how they, he would watch them and observe them. And he really was a dancer, but also a philosopher. So he in, eventually choreographed this one piece. It's like a Sufi piece that um, embraces all body type, body heart types. And so you, we really are one and we're unity of one. So that's what the Enneagram is based on. And it's gone through many changes through the years. Uh, but now it is more of a psychological interpretation of personalities. So... You have, it's like a, um, let's see if I can, I don't have anything here. If I have anything here that, uh, anyway, um, it's a circle and it's a geometric circle. It has a circle with lines. Oh, here, here we go. Oh, goody. <laughs> so this is what it looks like. So we are all, um, either have a tendency to go to, this is eight, nine, one, which is the body type. Then you have two, three, four, which is the heart. Can you see that? Uh-huh. Okay. Then this is five, six, seven, which is the head type. And you can and see arrows. They're all, all connected. So you're either tend to go towards one or the other, but we are all body, heart, and mind. Okay. And how do you determine which one is your, the one that you go towards? Well, you go take a test. Like I'm a facilitator. So you can, you can actually do a session with me for 45 minutes and I'll test you. And then we decide together. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll do go through the questions and then we'll decide together which type you think you are. So for instance, I just had a client the other day and his character and um, out of California. And he used to be in, he used to be in theater and movies and really dynamic. And he's, this, he's, first I thought it was a seven, which is this wild kind of fun person. And then an eight is like, he's really solid in his views and he's very clear, he's, he's powerful. So the eight is more powerful, but he can't have a seven wing. It gets very complex. But anyway, we both agreed on, on his type and it, it becomes very funny because um, you recognize your, your good and your bad and your ugly. <laughs> so, um, and again, any kind of system you, you take it, but don't hold on to that's the final thing because we all go through changes in different stages in our life. But basically like I'm a two, and I'll be a two. I just have to be a conscious two. So it's about being conscious of your own loopholes 
of your own fixations. Like a two is is a helper. I mean, they're just it's just it's just their natural thing. They just do it, and they come from the heart, and they give, and they give, and they give. But the issue is, is they keep giving and giving, and feel like they're intuitive, and they're very intuitive. And when you keep giving and giving and giving, and you're not getting anything back, oopsie. That's you're when exhausted. Exhausted, number one, you lose yourself, number two, then you start blaming because they're not giving you anything back. And that's the cue. That's the cue when I say, lay on the floor, stop talking, find out what's best for you, shut up and go in. So this is all about self-inquiry. This is all this is. It reminds you to stay um, aware of your, how you navigate. It sounds what, like it helps you determine who you are. Yeah, so who you are. Like Absolutely. My, my system is like, know yourself. You have to know yourself right. in right. order to know what you need and what's best for you and what's right on your path. So I'm curious how you combine the Shiva method with the Enneagram to help people heal and find balance and thrive? Okay, uh, good question. I'll give you an example that'll help. So I worked with this chiropractor and he's pretty aware, pretty conscious, but he's, um, and I typed him, he's a nine. And a nine is, they're, they're mediators, they're wonderful, but they hold, they don't like conflict. So they hold a lot of inner anger inside themselves. So they just don't address it. They just hold it in there. And he, he came into the house or into my, and I felt this energy. So I read the energy that helps me understand the personality that helps me understand where the cords are. So then I can go and find the cords and the attachments, why they're there and then release them. And does that shift their Enneagram though? Mm -mm. No. Well, it doesn't shift their Enneagram. It shifts their consciousness of their, um, you know, their loopholes. So for instance, he was so stuck in his anger and it went from disappointment, to frustration. It goes way back into childhood. So I found their memory. found the loophole, found the cord. And I said, look, you being a beautiful person and you want to be conscious enough, you want to be aware of enough of dealing with other people, then you must deal with your own stuff. You don't need this anymore. You're done. Whenever you're ready, we'll let go. And so is that something you, I mean, you're obviously facilitating it, but were you doing some type of work to cut the cord or is that something that's just a matter of your client letting go? It's a matter of him finding it. So I'm not putting him on the table. He's across from me. So I'm reading the energy and I, I am actually um, showing him where it might be. He has to find it. 
because it has to come from him. I'm just a facilitator. If he can find it and he can let go, then it becomes something that's his. No, that makes a lot of sense. So you then, are facilitating his healing. Yeah. Yes. And I cannot do it for him because it won't last. So for people who are listening, and I know a lot of people, uh, listeners out there are interested in manifesting. And I think midlife, sometimes people feel really, really stuck in terms of attracting what they want. How do we have less resistance when we're trying to manifest what we truly desire? How do we have lesser resistance? Um, First of all, I would suggest what is the resistance? You know, what is, what is it that you're resisting and does it need to be there? So you have to identify what it is. That makes a lot of sense. I, I do a lot of work with internal family systems and sometimes yeah. we yeah. have parts of ourselves that are trying to protect us from old past traumas. And then they show up when we're trying to manifest what we want. We might start to feel guilty or not deserving or all kinds of other things show up for us that, you know, we have to work on those blocks first. Yeah. So, you know, we all have triggers. It doesn't stop. It's just, it's just a continuous evolvement, you know, and I, I really believe that there is, um, I'll give you an example of what I do, and this might help. Um, so when I am frazzled, I'm not communicating with a person that I feel like I'm, we're, we're missing. We're like, we're assuming, we're expecting, you know, we're missing the, the what's there. Somehow we're not communicating and it's like, okay, we, I need to check in. I need to check in with myself and stop the blame and shame and really figure out what is it that we're missing? What is not communicating? And so then I wrote, write down what I think I'm expecting or what I think I'm assuming. And then I check in with the other person. Bingo, gone. Meaning that no, that's not what I'm in my intention. Well, what is our intention? So energetically, if my body starts locking up and I stop breathing and I am throwing the energy out of my body and blaming another person, that is a cue. That's a cue of wow, well, where is the resistance? Why do I blame that other person? It may not be him or her at all. It just could be miscommunication. Yeah, so it sounds like it comes back full circle to that self-awareness and noticing, slowing down. I mean, you have a wonderful grounded quality. I mean, I've I've slowed down listening to you today. Just wonderful grounded quality of becoming very self-aware using tools like the Enneagram to know who you are focusing when you're trying to communicate with someone and noticing when you're having a block or when you're trying to manifest something, where is that resistance? 
really looking at the places in yourself that need to be healed and and asking you know what needs to shift so one actually two final questions i guess one is what do you do to maintain your well-being because i hope people are watching because you look gorgeous you are you know in midlife and so what do you do in terms of your movement your eating obviously your spirituality you're spending a lot of time doing chakra clearing, connecting, you know, with your higher self, but what are some of the things that you do that really help you have such a high level of well-being? So, uh, is discipline I have, um, you know, I always meditate every day. I always do body work all the time. So I do the system, which is the, there are two, um, tapes, videotapes on my website that I designed specifically to open up all the chakras to find the pressure points. Okay. For instance, I'll give you an example. This is a really good thing. So if I'm in, if I'm in the bed and I'm um, having some issues, I'm laying in the bed. So 530, I'll wake up and maybe do some meditation in bed. That's fine. I don't care. I do some clearing and then I'm, I wake up with a whole different attitude, but this is a pressure point right here is at the heart. And I take, this is in my movement. This is called CV17. This is the heart chakra. It has emotions, you know, opening up the lungs, which is grief. Okay. And this is the other point. These two points, I just push here and push here and start breathing and see where the resistance is if my heart is open or closed. So I use always using acupressure points through the whole body work. Then I'm back in my body my chakras are clear and then I can um, move on with the day meaning that um, I'm out of resistance so then there's the flow it's just like dancing it's just like choreographing there's a flow of the day then we just go to the next thing and next thing and next thing so we don't go huh I gotta I gotta, I gotta. do you see my energy it's like, yes. it's like, God. And that's Anyways. the way most people are running around like chickens right. with their heads cut off because they are not grounded. They're not centered. They haven't. They can't have remember. Going. Yeah, they can't remember. So I drink matcha tea. I do coffee. You know, I do soft boiled eggs in the morning. Um, so always movement with a roller and a mat. Um meditation before i go if i go out on a social area social thing i'm sorry my thing is um then i go through a very quick clearing meditate so that i won't be anxious i'll be centered if they're big personalities and i'll be ready to greet meet and love so um it's like a performance thing. Like if you're performing or if you're like even this or all ground or do body work, I'm much better. I walk nature every day, mile. Um, definitely nature's huge, huge component. Um, listening to birds. Um, smell taste um pay attention to my dreams what are they telling me what are the messages um 
that's that's a ton. I mean, I think There's that's beginning lot. your There's day. I think beginning your day with that kind or of just blueprint. The of, day. You know, if I miss something, then I, I I don't put myself in this like it has to be. It has to be. It's just if I'm my body's telling me. So listening to your body, meditating, yes. connecting with, you know, clearing things initially. And those clearings are on your website, which again is franbaileyhealer.com. Final question. What are you doing to rock your midlife? What am I doing? This. To rock your midlife. <laughs> I am, well, after finishing the book and I met Kathy, I mean, I'm just doing what I love. And I just feel fortunate to be meeting you and meeting all these people and connecting with conscious people. How lucky are we? I don't know. You're I just, lucky. I just feel grateful. That's all. I mean, I really, really do. I've got great kids and, you know, I don't see them because they're all out West, but other than that, they don't live here. But well, you know, it is, it's, you're it's, a great example of, you know, going from that place of empty nest and not being sure what you're, we're going to do with yourself to creating a career and healing, helping people heal and meeting interesting people, you're definitely, you definitely are rocking it and you look amazing. I hope people are checking you out, watching the video, because um, I think that's, I know for me, a big part of my mission in life is to inspire women and not show, you know, showing as we're aging, we're really reinventing what midlife and beyond looks like because we, you know, when I was growing up, 50, 60 seemed really old. And I think those of us who are in that place, 50, 60, 70 are like, wow, I feel more vibrant. I feel like a six or seven-year-old, you know, a lot of the time, which is really amazing. But I think so much of it is about, I think what I'm taking away from this is doing, you know, knowing where your blocks are, knowing where those blind spots are. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you need to know your strengths, but you need to know your weaknesses. And they're usually opposite sides of the a coin, like the opposite sides on, on in astrology, where you know, there's, there's positive, like Virgos can be super critical, but they also can be really detail oriented and get stuff done. Right. So I love that. Really yeah. Knowing, you know, who you are, I've got a lot of Leo. So it's like, I'm, I love to be exuberant and on stages, but that can be a detriment if that's constantly craving doing that kind of, you can get kind of overwhelming bossy. So sort of balancing all of that, but I think it's understanding who you are, knowing that you really are your best healer. Uh, yes, getting help. So I encourage you. I've done a session with Fran. I plan on doing more. I think I'm going to sign up for an Enneagram session because I think that that would be really awesome to do. Yeah, it's another tool yeah. to, uh, you know, figure out who you are and wherever you are, you can heal. I know myself this last, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I think my breast cancer journey, um, lots and lots of silver linings. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I, I, I know that I'm happier, more joyful and have a better, more gratitude, a better sense of what's truly important and appreciation for just how wonderful my life is. So thank you so much, Fran, for being here. It's just been a delight. I want to meet you in person. I want to feel your energy. Yeah. Yeah. I put you on the table. We'll, we'll go, we'll go way out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to come, come to Vermont, come to Costa Rica. And thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you have gotten some aha moments. I know that I have, and I encourage you to check Fran's website out. It's franbaileyhealer.com. That's F-R-A-N. B-I-B-A-I-L-E-Y healer.com. The, the uh, show notes will have that information. If you want to get in touch with me, it's the midlifewhisperer.com. If you want to rock your midlife, I have a book. I have a free gift for you, 10 tips to rock your midlife. And I would love to know what you think about the show and the kind of guests you'd like to hear. So have a great week. And thanks again for watching and listening. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I hear you and I've got you. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, 
registered dietitian nutritionist, board certified health and wellness coach, and mindful self-compassion teacher. I'm also an author and podcast host with over 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. 